Sangin Podcast would like to appreciate everyone who has listened and watched our episode. On behalf of the podcast, we would like to encourage every one of you to follow and subscribe to us using whichever medium you choose to listen to us. This increases our outreach and makes us bring bigger and better guests for amazing stories. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sanyin Podcast. Welcome to another exciting episode of our Homeland Edition. Today, we're joined by the amazing Ms. Leslie Kasumba, all the best <laughs> in Ghana. And she's a writer, musician, songwriter, and a vast array of works that she's doing. Um, Leslie, you're welcome to the podcast. Thanks a lot, JP. Thanks for having me. Wow, I don't know if I've written or sang or anything in forever. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much. <laughs> you know, you know, um, when someone looks at you, um, checks your bio, they put that thing, um, founder, she she speaks Africa, all this, all this, yeah. and then you start writing and music pattern. I'm like, hmm. okay. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely I'm the founder of She Speaks Africa. I'll tell you the 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 right the music part the writing yes i do but the music parts and all of that let's just say the wikipedia is a wiki lie <laughs> i am proof of that <laughs> i've had so many people tell me things and i'm like mm, and i don't even know how to pull that all down so it's kind of crazy but hey it's out there okay 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 that's nice you know at least you've clarified to us um mm-hmm. okay so leslie um you quite have an amazing career which i admire personally and um, how would you describe your career let's start in general if someone asked you what do you do well um what do i do (laughs) um you know it's so funny that i actually was having a conversation with a friend of mine or friends of mine who were discussing purpose and you know we discussed about how maybe people's purposes change through different seasons you know I think the best way that I can describe that because I've done, I've been really blessed to be able to do so many things, but I think it's literally, I'm in the creative industry because God wants me to be here because left to me, I probably wouldn't be. I'm low key, low key, a real introvert. Um, Yeah. So I, I would just say that I'm, you know, I'm in the creative industry. I probably am a communicator. I hope that I'm an effective communicator. I love to talk to people and um, help them almost remind themselves of who they are, um, you know, when it comes to interviews. And I love to to be able to profile people that people need to know about. I'm passionate about telling African stories and showing multi-layered stories of Africa. Yeah, and I'm an all-round creative. Um, you know, yeah, I would say that. Like, I'm pretty much an all-round creative. So I guess that's where the singing part comes in there, which is so weird that it showed up. Um, but yeah, um, I'm I'm just one of those people who I guess, you know, I'm I'm maybe even finding my way within <laughs> the creative sector because I'm consistently um revisioning if that makes sense. Okay, and so you're basically a creative. So where do you get that um creative aspect of yourself? The is it inborn? Is it something that you pick from what's happening around and you try to make it your own? Mm. Like, so. Um, Wow. So that's a crazy story because, um, you know, growing up, uh, obviously I'm from Uganda, Cuban born from Uganda, but growing up, I, 
you know, I always thought that I was so different to my siblings, except for the fact that we would basically sing in singing competitions at school, which was so funny. Um, but I thought I was so different to my siblings because my sisters are like, quote unquote, serious people. Um, you know, my one sister is basically in international relations. My other sister is a pharmacist and, you know, now working in public health sector. So I've just always been very different, you know. And, um, you know, I remember speaking to my uncle because my mom passed away when we, you know, our mom passed away when I was pretty young. And I and I asked my uncle, I just said to him, you know what, Uncle Martin, I'm so different to my sisters and my family. I don't understand it. And he kind of gave me like a funny look. He's like, you don't know. I said, nope, I don't know. So it was like maybe in the last few years that I found out about my family heritage from my mother's side. So my judge of Paul was actually the person who brought TV to Uganda. <laughs> well, oh, I also wow. had like, wow. yeah, yeah. He was one who brought TV to Uganda. He was a press secretary for one of the presidents. I won't mention the name. He was also yeah. a lecturer. Um, he was also a lecturer at the University of um, Harare, of Rhodesia. So he was the lecturer for journalism and media. And then my aunt, who I would always see my aunt, I just didn't know what she did. Do you know what I mean? Like she owns yeah. like a media network in Uganda. I was like, oh, you know what I mean? I was like, that's kind of funny. Mm -hmm. And then later on, I found out that my dad used to sing. Um, he was in a band. So we, he was in a band in high school and in university. And he actually backed Miriam Makeba when she was in Uganda. Oh. Can you believe it? This is wow. my dad who was like, oh, he's a serious doctor, you know? <laughs> So I think, you know, I always tell people that I got the everything of my mom and my dad, you know, that super creative, that out, that outside um, eclectic side and all of that, it all got bubbled up in me <laughs> because my sisters definitely got the more, um, you know, we've got things together side of my parents. So, yeah, I, I think I got it from my parents. Definitely. It's probably one of those examples about the DNA of the parents being very important for the children because, I needed my parents' mix. Let me put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So so you describe yourself as um like a go getter. If like if you're passionate about something, you feel it. You can chase it. You're a chaser. When you believe in yourself, you can do it, no matter what. Yeah, I feel like for me, to be honest, like my thing is that if I'm if I'm very 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 sure that God wants me to do something, you know, I just end up doing it. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So as long as I have like a, a conviction in my spirit and all of that, then I know, you know, that on the other side that it's going to work out, even though it's like a little bit crazy and hazy in between, if I'm honest. So as long as I know that I'm meant to be doing it. Yeah. But I wouldn't describe myself as a go getter who kind of will do anything by any means necessary. The ends, de you know, the ends determine. I'm not one of those people. I wouldn't describe myself or think of myself as being ruthless or whatever. You know, I'm very I'm very cognizant of how I'm going to make people feel along the way. I'm very cognizant of every decision that I make and, you know, how it's going to, you know, how it could affect me in the future and everything but i'm also just about you know being able to fulfill what it is that i feel that god has called me to do in in a particular season in my life wow amazing um <laughs> so so tell me about um she speaks africa um because um it's um it's an organization which i kind of read through when i read through mm -hmm. your when i interacted with your website african whisperer mm -hmm. i'll go to that yeah. later um <laughs> i i saw the work that 
that was highlighted about She Speaks Africa. So tell me about it. So it's kind of funny. Um, We'll get to the name Africa Whisperer later, so you'll understand why. My All of my life is very creative and very weird. I feel like God just drops these weird <laughs> phrases in my, in my mind and my spirits and, you know, these weird things, and I just go ahead and do it. So um, like I mentioned, or I didn't actually mention, I'd spent quite a lot of my time in South Africa um, and being in South Africa and being a, a foreign African national and everything, I was one of the people who was kind of blessed enough to be really embraced by South Africa. So I would say a lot of um, who I am in terms of um, my career and all of that, you know, I really learned in South Africa and the South African people really embraced me. So I'm really blessed for that, you know. Um, and while I was in South Africa, there were so many times that I'll be called up to do something because I was, quote unquote, the Africa girl, you know. So it was always like, oh, if you wanted to know what was going on in this country or that, if you wanted to know an artist from here, from there, I always had the the Im information or at least I was two degrees of separation, uh, you know, away from like getting a contact or something. Um, and because I really specialize in culture and music and all of that, because I feel that culture and music really tells a story about who people are, you know, where we're going. Like, I believe that the creative industry is so much more powerful than what we say um, yeah. and what yeah. we think, especially in Africa. So I, I always was able to find out what was going on in different countries through the friends I'd made, through the interaction I'd had with the creative sector and all of that. So, um, yeah, it was just like this funny thing that even when it came to politics, I was almost able to, for some reason, be able to foretell, to kind of tell you know to gauge where people were in a political situation and be able to understand it you know what i mean because i think that politics is more is a is a lit is a lot less um scientific or whatever than what than what people think so yeah the one time I was, because i was always being asked so i would sit on panels you know about tech in africa i did a project for standard bank called um africa connected where i went to different countries and i'd be interviewing you know um people in africa you know for for this and i was doing work for 702 and all of that stuff i had like a really great time and everything it was like i just had this thing that dropped in my mind like this phrase was like if Africa was a language, I would speak it, you know, because I realized that even if it was a country that I'd never been to, somehow I knew how to get hold of someone or I read something that yeah. would help me connect the dots. So yeah. it was this yeah. whole thing of like, she speaks Africa as in understanding the multifaceted things about Africa. So this is where the, the name had been there for a while. Um, so I started the the company to basically be um to be an organized to be a company that would basically through the different projects that we're putting together, um you know would show a different side of Africa like a multifaceted like a different side of Africa. So we have like a project that will be coming out in terms of tech. Um, we have a project that all of it is around the creative industry, but a little bit different. A project that will help people understand um economics in certain African countries in a creative way. You know what I mean? So it was this. Kind kind of thing of like being able to interpret it so she speaks africa was actually me <laughs> sometimes i regret the name because everywhere i go people think it's a feminist movement and i'm like no I think you know i, I was going to change it but i'm so convicted sometimes i feel that when god gives you something you just go with it and you know i guess when i think of brands like coca-cola i think that they must have been told it's a terrible name and it worked so Hopefully, once my company gets to a place where people actually understand it, the phrase "she speaks Africa" will make sense because I don't think it's the words. I think it's what what is behind the words, like what you know, what it is that's behind the words that makes the difference. So um, that's what I'm working towards. Amazing, amazing. Um, so 
basically she speaks africa is to enhance the african creative industry right no 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 it's to tell um it's to it's to more tell different aspects of africa using the african creative industry as a catalyst so um there'll be ways that we'll, we'll be able to highlight um you know different education systems in africa or education and that kind of thing but we'll use the creative industry to tell the story so think of the creative industry as a catalyst um and you know where we create all these projects that tell a different story about africa in different ways okay okay um is there's a key word in this conversation which is the creative industry and for someone who's not well burst with it how would you describe the creative industry how would i describe the creative industry yeah <laughs> i actually don't have an answer for that question i mean i guess it's like i don't know it's okay what qualities want to be a member of the creative industry okay let me put it this way if you're in the creative industry you know that you're in the creative industry <laughs> if you have to ask whether you are then you're not <laughs> although um yeah i think that obviously it's like the very obvious like um you know when you think about the fact that i mean if you go back to history like you know historically in africa um everything from like you know the hieroglyphics that used to be written on the stones to you know all of that stuff that's part yeah. of the creative industry you know what i mean um when you think i think the creative and cultural industry are very intertwined so when you think about in certain african countries the role that royal families have when you think about like the wedding industry in Africa like and you know the culture the clothes the way we dress the way all of that is part of the creative and cultural industry um when you think about I also feel that sports kind of falls under it or it's, a, it's an adjacent kind of um it's an adjacent kind of sector because you basically have to create something from nothing almost. So I would say that. Mm -hmm. And I think that tech also to a degree is adjacent to the creative industry because in order to come up with an amazing app, you've got to have a creative idea around it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think the creative industry is like the birthing place of so many things. We just haven't been given that kind of recognition. Do you get what I mean? Every single sector in the world, because it come, it's based off an idea, comes from something creative. I feel that that's what I feel when I think about the creative um, industry. So, it, you know, yeah, it's a creative and cultural sector. For me, it's the heartbeat of who we are as a people, you know, um, and all of that. Do you get what I mean? I mean, let me say, for example, okay, let me give an example. If you do business with somebody in China or in Japan, for example, you know, there's a particular way that you greet. Do you get what I mean? Which yes, lets you know yes, that yes. you're in the culture of a different country, right? Which means it's like, you know, you're doing that. When you're in Nigeria, you're also addressing people in a different way. That's a very cultural and creative thing. Do you see what I mean? So, yeah, it's very hard for me to explain, but I feel for me personally, and maybe I'm biased, the creative and cultural sector is what actually makes us who we all are as people, you know, and especially as Africans, because we're so much about our culture and all of that stuff. Do you get what I mean? Like, we're so much about that. So, yeah, that was a fantastic question, by the way. I said things that I didn't actually realize I thought of, but yeah, that was a great question. I'm going to have to write this down and, and use it next time somebody asks me, I'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you um there's always this talk among uh, african creatives nowadays they want to including ourselves is um transforming the african narrative the way africa mm -hmm. has been portrayed over the years you know and giving it the true african you know the true african story um mm -hmm. and i believe she speaks africa basically does that same thing um mm -hmm. How do you think that we can keep on pushing this agenda of, of the African narrative, pushing it more? Or you think that we've reached a point where we can say like now we're feeling the effects of, of our work in that regard? 
Yeah, I mean, the thing is like, um, that's another great question. The thing is, I feel as though like, um, you know, culture is, is, is consistently evolving, you know, and the whole thing about creativity is that it's consistently like rebirthing, rebirthing, like it's always, you know, sort of similar, but it recreates, recreates, you know, um, I have this phrase where I say visionary, visionaries are always revisioning, you know what I mean? Um, and so that's what I think. I don't think that we're ever going to get to a place where people fully, um, fully understand, um, even us as Africans, I don't know if we fully understand all of who we are. Do you get what I mean? I think that as time goes, like when we get to, when we get one layer unpacked, then we'll get to another layer. Do you get what I mean? And I don't think that there's a single African story. I think the beauty in the African story is the diversity and the complexities and, and all of that stuff. And the fact that there is no one way that makes us African. Do you, you understand what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah you know for me my biggest thing is i mean when i was when i was speaking to mr easy he he made a comment about um about the creative and cultural sector being africa's greatest export which is what i totally 100% believe and i agree you know um because the creative and cultural sector if we're very honest is what has been like almost soft diplomacy for africa and has been able to show the world a different version of being african do you know what i mean or different or you know be, let me say being able to bring people into who we are as africans on our terms you know what i mean sure. so yeah i i don't know i feel as though it's going to consistently evolve and i think that being you know africa is so multi-layered there's so many things about africa there's so many things about us as a people, you know, even as much as like somebody could have been born and raised in a particular country, you might only know your part of that particular, you know what I mean? You might not know somebody who's in like the Northern part or, you know, except like hearing a bit of things, but you might not fully understand it. So, and I don't believe that there's a single story about Africa. I think that the beauty about Africa is that we are so diverse um, and it's so complex, you know, and mysterious in some ways and beautiful and all of that. Um, and maybe what confuses the world a lot is that when you look at like a continent, uh, continent slash country like China, it's on its own. Do you get what I mean? Kind yes. of play yes. when you look at like um, some somewhere like Australia, again, it's a country, you know, country continent. When you look at somewhere like America, you know, North America, basically, except for um, Canada, of course, it's kind of its own place. So when people look at Africa, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Africa is a, is a, is a country. And I understand, like, now I understand it more when you just look at the map, you know what I mean? When you look at yeah. the map, it's like, yeah, of course, you know, you understand it a lot more. But we have the beauty of the fact that we have so many different people and we have so many different countries that make up who Africa is. So I think that that's another thing that makes us so diverse and unique. So I don't know. I don't know if anybody's ever going to be 100% an African aficionado. I don't know if anybody's ever going to fully understand who we are as Africa. I think we're consistently evolving, even us as Africans. We're always learning ourselves. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's a, a single narrative. And I think that in terms of telling the world or showing the world who we are, we're never going to stop. We're going to keep changing, you know, and and all we have to do is as Africans, whether you're in the creative sector, creative and cultural sector or not, whether you're in, you know, other aspects, whether, you know, some of the, the, the creative culture adjacent sectors I spoke about, like tech or sports, whether you're in business, you know, entrepreneurship, which, by the way, I also think is, is creative culture, you know, <laughs> adjacent as well, because you have to be creative to come up with an idea. Um, you know, whether you're in medicine, whatever it may be, we're all showing different parts of Africa. So yeah, I don't think there's a single narrative. I think that there's so much to unpack for like 
hundreds and thousands of years to come. And I think that that is beautiful. Let's go to something which I really, really um, appreciate about you and something that inspired me to start this podcast, which is your podcast, um, The African Whisperer. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I was I was checking today and I saw that you were nominated for an, an award. So congratulations. Um, tell me about the African Whisperer. So thank you so much. Sorry, I had to get a glass of water. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, for the yeah, I'm really for the congratulations. I was very excited to be nominated for that. Um, it's actually the third um nomination we've gotten for the for the podcast. Um, the first two were international nominations. One was from an organization that's based in the UK. Um, the second one was for the um, Society of Voice Arts Awards based in Hollywood. And this is the first one in Africa for the Afri podcast. So I'm really, really excited. Um, yeah, I'm really humbled. This might be the one that means like the most. Um, yeah, I think so the Africa was so firstly, everybody always says the African Whisperer, which was the initial name. Um, but my friend who's like a she's like a I don't know. She's like a linguist or something. She said to me, Leslie, it shouldn't be the African whisperer. It should be the Africa whisperer. Because if you're the African whisperer, it means that you're an African that whispers, but about what? And I'm like, huh? So she goes, versus being the Africa whisperer, which means you're somebody who whispers and gives intel about Africa. I'm like, got it, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, I get it. yeah, yeah. So, so that's how, you know, that's how I got the differentiation in my mind. Because when she first said it, I was like, mm, you know, and I'm like, yeah, now I get it. Yeah, so the podcast was basically started again um, because uh, there's a friend of mine who's based here in Ghana who actually, um, his name is Rudy Kwache, and he actually made a comment to me about like, man, you're like the whisperer. He said to me the one time, like, you're like the, he said to me, you're like the African whisperer because again, I knew so many things, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I kind of like had that thing stick. I had the, 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 the name kind of stuck in my mind. He said it to me like a few years ago, the name kind of stuck in my mind. I had a logo design and all of that. And I didn't quite know what I was going to do with it. And then the podcast was born while I was actually here in Ghana where I'm based at the moment. Um, and yeah, so the first season, we really focused on just like people who we, who, you know, who were basically kind of doing just these amazing things in their specific sectors, you know? Um, yeah, pretty much. So we got to interview everybody from like a lady called Victorine, um, who is actually one of the first, I think she's the first woman from Senegal to be, um, to be part of the Goldman Sachs, you know, the, 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 the 10, the woman, the 10 women that they're mentoring globally. So yeah, since we've been, done the interview with her, she's been doing that. She's got a cosmetics line, which is fantastic. Obviously, Mr. Easy, who's just crossed over into the billion, if I read that correctly, um, who's doing amazing things in terms of creative culture and just being a fantastic VC. Um, Theo Beloy, who has a sneaker range, you know, just like we, we was wanted to speak to people who've done all of these like really dope things, you know, um, within Africa more than anything else so the idea is that each season we want to focus on like a different kind of theme so we're actually in the process of working on the second uh the second uh let me say the second season of the podcast which should be coming out (laughs) please lord like on the 2nd of september (laughs) wow you know yeah there was something because because i i took some time off and listened to all the episodes and then i was like why hasn't Lazily posted? I felt like coming and asking you because it's been long. So nice day that uh, season two started. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my, that's the thing because I'm like, kind of like, um, you see, that's another thing. Like I don't just do things because I'm meant to be doing it. 
you know, and also I always want to be able to get things 100% right. Do you get what I mean? And even as much as the podcast has done well, and I'm really blessed, you know, for the guests that we've had and people like you really just saying amazing things about the podcast, which by the way, you have no idea how many times just getting a message from you was very encouraging. I'm not even joking. Um, you know, and everything to seeing the different people that we've interviewed on the podcast, even Kunda Kids, you know, that they're now, they just re recently got like, a, they got like a grant from MasterCard Foundation. Before that, they got a huge investment, you know, just seeing how people have just really exploded and have been doing so well. I really wanted to be sure that I wasn't doing a podcast just for the sake of doing it. That's my biggest problem in life. I don't like to do things for the sake of doing it. I don't want to be for example, you know, especially before when I was involved with hip hop and everything, like, I don't want to be doing, you know, be famous for the sake of being famous. Do you understand what I mean? I want to be sure that I'm doing something that's making a difference, you know? So it takes me a while to get into something. And I also have to feel like I've really heard God before I can move, because otherwise I don't want to be like out in the ocean and I don't know how to swim back. You know what I mean? Because another thing about being a creative and everything is that it costs you a lot of money to push yes, forward creative ideas. They are not cheap. Honestly speaking, it is not cheap, you know, and and also the return on investment is not guaranteed. So I'm just like, look, if I'm doing this, this creative entrepreneurship and everything, I better be sure that God is with me in that boat because otherwise hmm, this thing is not happening, you know? Um, yeah. And also like, I, I don't, I don't want to just start a theme and then um not have like the guests that I need and everything. So yeah, um, that's the reason why. Um, and so I was trying to start it this year for um for Africa Day on the twenty fifth of May, but now I've moved it up to my birthday month. So yeah, it definitely will be. Um, I'm, I'm putting things that are actually in place. We've got the the revised logo, which is basically the same, just a few touch ups. We've got the potential guest list, which is oh my gosh, I'm praying that we get them. Um, we've got the theme, we've got the you know all of that stuff, and there will be a few differences in this season. So I'm really really praying that it'll be worth everyone's wait, like literally quite literally praying about that amazing um there's that thing that you used to put on your podcast uh, which i admire by the which i learned a lot where you give tips about podcasting um yeah. will you continue doing those mm, thank you so much um i don't know because i, I don't know. so much they, they by the way it's from one of those that i try to adjust on my own podcast so i think many people also learn from those Oh, wow. That's so good to know. Like, it's really great to know that. I mean, I'll speak with my team and then see about how we can do something a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's great. I'm really glad that it was helpful. Honestly, thank you for that feedback. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Then my next question would be, um, you as Leslie, who has worked in the creative industry and, uh, you know, been in many... Out, out, not so many. Maybe South Africa, Uganda, Ghana, and others. Um, what would be Nigeria, Kenya, Nigeria. yeah, everywhere. I've walked all around the continent. Trust <laughs> Angola, um, everywhere. <laughs> what um, what do you think is the is that thing that the African creative industry needs at a continental mm -hmm. level to go mainstream, like really, really mainstream? Because here in China. Trust me, we don't know. The normal Chinese don't know anything. And the only people they admire from Africa are maybe these famous footballers. Mm. That's it. And maybe African music, it's us who played. We hear. Mm. So mm. Africa's, African art hasn't really touched them. 
and and I think it's an Asian thing. I don't know about being maybe in Europe because I'm seeing is Afro nation and all those things. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. here in Asia, I think Africa has not really touched it. So, what can we do in African creative to go fully worldwide mainstream? What's the thing we're lacking? That's such a great question. You know, um, it it feeds to this one thing. Like I was speaking to I to Audu Makori, who is the founder for Chocolate City. Um, yeah, he's like one of my mentors. So I was talking to him the one time, and you know, we had this conversation. Um, I believe like, yeah, I must have been, was I in Nigeria at that time? Because I actually stayed in Nigeria for quite a bit. So, and we're like talking and everything. You know, actually we're in Kenya. I remember we're in Kenya. And you know, my thing is that I feel as though, I feel as though like, okay, I'm trying to find a way of making this example not sound crass. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, you know, it's like um when a bomb goes off, when there's a nuclear bomb that goes off, right? Mm. And you know how you see the mushroom on the top? Mm. from the pictures and then yeah. in the middle is like a sinkhole you know yeah yeah i feel like african the african creative industry is doing so well so they're like everywhere i mean i mean now you're giving a, a special highlight on china obviously i'm not in china i've not been there yet so i don't know um where you're saying that it's not actually you know reach its full potential although everybody's talking about it it's not reach its full potential the problem is the sinkhole at the bottom you've got this mushroom where everything is like looking great and everything and you've got these big names from africa and all of this stuff you know which is awesome the problem is the sinkhole we don't have proper foundations in place we don't have proper foundations in place in africa you know that makes the the creative industry like solidly sustainable does that make sense like when you look at america for example there's like a one plus one equals two about the industry you know what i mean like you've got you've got your things in place you know the all of those things that are happening in africa unfortunately we don't have that we don't have enough um private sector investment in the african creative industry you don't have you know you don't have those pillars and foundations that are in the in place so i think that that for me would be what the next stage is which kind of feels a bit you know people may think it's like going backwards but literally it's like i think it's fantastic that people like Bernard are doing amazing you know like honestly speaking like you know burner all these different people Tiwa, they're all doing amazingly well um my and also the creative industry in africa has created so many jobs for people but we need like foundations we need to be in a situation where when it comes to taxation you know how does taxing the taxing system work for the creative industry you know what i mean is there support of where people being able to get loans or that kind of thing for the banking sector? Are we getting investment? Is government really behind it? You know, all forms of the creative industry so that there's a solid foundation so that people are going overseas and able to come back home and, you know, go and come back home. And we still know that while African music and everything is blowing up overseas and creative, we know that we're building a solid like economy, like solid, solid. That's not just happening, you know, like haphazardly in, in that kind of way. I don't know if I answered your question. Yes, you have. And um, do you think that also that entails that the government should play a role in the? I mean, I feel like in different ways, like, you know, there's some places where it works and some places where it doesn't. South Korea is a perfect example, you know, like the government is the one who involved in K. I mean, who invested in K-pop, you know what I mean? And, and the movies. So that's why we're seeing all of these movies come out. The government invested in it. Do you get what I mean? Um, and all of that stuff. So that's why you've been able to see all of these K-pop groups like really going global and everything because it was a concerted government um, the government effort. Um, there's this J. Cole song um, that this is, can you see why? It was, whether it's my favorite rapper, one of my favorite rappers is J. Cole. I um, mean, his song can't get enough. He samples Ballet, um, it says Baldi, Baldians, which is a group 
which is a dance music orchestra group from Con- Connor Cray, Guinea, right? And yeah. that group was actually funded by the government. So music historically in that country was invested in by the government. It was seen as being an important part of the creative sector, you know? So there are parts where it plays a huge role. You know, it's great when you have government, government investments, you know what I mean? But also I think that the, the business, I mean, I think that the private sector, and and so forth should also be invested a lot more um, when it comes to that. I mean, when you think of when you think of government, it also I guess one of the ways the government can support in specific countries in Africa if they're not going to put on a full investment is kind of put things in place so that when it comes to taxing, you know, the taxing system, you're taxed differently if you're a person in the creative industry because we our money comes in in different ways. Do you, do you get what I mean? Yeah. Um, where they where where they have to be kind of rules and regulations put around it in order to be able to protect the creative industry because we don't, you know, creatives are not always protected in the economies, although we're able to bring so much into the economies. I mean, for, you know, for example, when you look at the Beyond the Return campaign, which is around the creative and culture of Ghana, basically, it brought in billions, the year of return brought in billions, you know what I mean, into the Ghanaian economy. So you have to ask yourself, like, you know, government needs to get involved in terms of supporting an industry that basically plays a huge role in support in 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 profiling a country in such a creative way. Do you get what I mean? But I also think that there's always a danger with, um, you know, when government steps in, especially if you have like people who are ill-intentioned who might use it as a way to politicize. So there's always a thin balance, you know, in some countries it work in other countries it won't. But I think that there needs to be some sort of holistic support, um, you know, kind of put in place in Africa from Africans for the creative industry. Wow, wow, nice, nice, nice. Um, okay, um, my next question would be um, for someone who, who has had an illustrious career in creative industry and, and various aspects of power, um, what would be your advice to the African youth today? In your African creative, she speaks Africa, the podcasting, and very many things. Um, what would be your advice to the African youth today? Someone who's listening. Oh my gosh! Don't just go into creative because you saw it on Instagram. Please. No, no I'm just <laughs> saying that's my advice. That's my advice. Ah. Don't do this thing unless you know you're meant to be doing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like, and my friends always hate it when I say this. I'm like, ah, please wait, 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 wait. Please don't do it. Don't do it unless if you know that you're meant to be doing it. You know. Um, if you know that you're meant to be in the creative and cultural sector, unless if you know, for example, you're meant to be an entrepreneur, unless if you know it, and unless if you're like, you've got the, the thick skin enough to deal with it, because trust me, it is very hard. Okay. Yeah. It is very hard. You'll find yourself like calling family members, like, hi, you know, do you think you could, <laughs> you know, kind of talking about it so that somebody will kind of feel for you. You know what I mean? It's, it's a lot. Yeah. My advice is honestly, we are all able to tell an amazing story about Africa and leave our, our legacies, whether it's big or small, you know what I mean? And make a difference, whether it's in a big or small way, when we're true to who we're meant to be doing. So for example, not everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur, right? If you know you're not meant to be an entrepreneur, I'm begging you, <laughs> you know what I mean? do the nine to five, you know what I mean? But wherever it is that you find yourself, whether you're, you're working um, in, you know, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a creative, whether you're in tech, whether you're, you know, in sports, whether you're in a nine to five, whether you're in education, wherever it is, do the very best, you know, bring the very best of yourself out there. Always bring your very best to the table, wherever it is that you find yourself. That's what my advice would be, you know? 
honestly speaking it's like and 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 don't get caught up in what you know in what everybody else is doing kind of like keep your eyes you know keep your eyes on what it is that you're doing it's okay to look around and be like oh that's great that's great you know what i mean but also keep your eyes on who it is that you are and what it is that you're doing i would say definitely but always bring your best self forward definitely you know that's, that's nice that's nice definitely that works <laughs> um mm-hmm. then my last question to you leslie uh would be um what makes you a proud african what brings out that africanness in you i don't know if i have one particular answer okay just say many that would make you proud to be african I mean, I can say so many things, but it's almost like that thing of somebody says like, um, why do you love me? And then you say, I love you because of this, 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 this. So if all of this was taken away, would you still love me? I'm like, of course I would still love you. So I don't know. I just love being African, you know, and I just I love it. You know, I love it. I love all the complexities, the beauties, all of that stuff. Like literally, if for some weird reason, God asked me to come back to the earth again, what he what he would what would you know what would he want? I say, please make me African again, okay? <laughs> I love it. I just love it. Yeah, it's got its challenges and everything, but yeah, man, I love being African. And I think that they, you know, at the beginning of the conversation, I mentioned about how we're so diverse. You know, the Africans, there's nothing really, you know, that that it, not nothing really, but there's you know, we're not like the same. We're like so diverse and multifaceted and mysterious and everything. The thing is that I love about being African is the African spirit. That's the thing. I love the spirit that we have as a people. You know what I mean? It's like this one big crazy family where things are happening all the time. Do you get what I mean? Where somebody's sitting sitting there saying, you know, they're giving you just about here, what's going on there and everything. But at the end of the day, you know, as different as we are and everything, it's it's the spirit of, of being African. Yeah. And I love my skin. Can I tell you something? I love the color of my skin. I love <laughs> African skin. I love... You know, I just love being African. Honestly speaking, I just love being African. I feel like it is such a blessing. And many of us growing up did not know it, you know. Thank God, you know, that we've been able to see that turn around. But just being African is a blessing. Honestly, I just love it. I would not change it. Mm-mm, no, I will. Me, <laughs> I love being African. That's all. I don't even have a way of saying it. I just do for no reason. I would never pick like i would not pick anything else i'll pick africa over and over and over again for real oh that's nice that's nice that's nice to yeah. know <laughs> uh, okay thank you leslie for thank you Jamie. really means a lot especially no. me personally because <laughs> starting this podcast i got inspiration from your work african yeah. whisperer so thank you so thank much. you so much for and i appreciate back. it thank you very much for being so patient Thank you for all the support. I really, really appreciate it. And it was so important for me to do the interview because, yeah, I know, you know, I know what it's like when you're getting something off the ground. And I also just love, you know, from the little bit of interaction we have, I love how passionate you are about the continent. So I really wish you all the very, very best. I, I hope that this podcast exceeds your expectations, you know, um, and I, actually, I absolutely wish you like the absolute best and God's richest blessings. Thank you very much for asking me. Thank you so much. <laughs> 